You're listening to You're United listening Q Podcast. We're brought to you by ProQ, Barbecue Gourmet, Kamado Joe and Smokewood Shack, our awesome sponsors. ProQ provide quality smoking products with top-notch service and free advice for beginners to pitmasters. And you can find them on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram under ProQ Smokers. Barbecue Gourmet, supplying the UK and Europe with top championship winning rubs, sauces, marinades and accessories from the US and around the world. You can find them on Twitter and online under Barbecue Gourmet. Kamado Joe is renowned for build quality and innovation. From smoking, roasting or searing, get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Check out commandojoe.co.uk plus Facebook and Twitter. I'm Dan and I'm here with my co-host Ben. Hello. And on today's show, we've got Wade Bradley from Bradley Smokers. Hi, Wade. How are you doing? You all right? Not too bad. Yourself, sir? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Great to speak to you again. It's nice and pleasant down here in the UK. I can't believe it. Everybody told me it was going to be foggy and cold. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's um, yeah, on the beaches of Sulcombe, gr- glorious sunshine. Pretty good down there, eh? It is nice here. I I can't believe it. We haven't gotten into any beers yet or anything, but uh, it is a nice little corner of the world. I'm actually really impressed. Uh, 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 John has taken good care of me, and I've uh, really enjoyed my time here. I've done a little bit of shopping and a little bit of sightseeing, and uh, looking forward to doing some barbecue this afternoon. Awesome. So before we get too far into things, do you want to just start off by just telling us a little bit about who you are and what Bradley Smokers is? Sure. Bradley Smokers was, uh, and I'm going to call it a pipe dream because that's what it was when we first started it. My dad and I were in the pipe business selling sewer and water uh, pipe and fittings to uh, Western Canada. And uh, we we had this thing going where we were smoking salmon all the time. And we had a, a what looked like a big refrigerator and a hot plate and a frying pan at the bottom that my dad would load up with sawdust and let it do its thing. And, uh, uh, he would be smoking all day long and, uh, it got to be a bit crazy because every 20 minutes to 45 minutes, he had to dump out the frying pan, reload it with fresh sawdust and keep going. And uh, that was, probably the biggest secret to food smoking is controlling how the smoke is smoked. And through that, we developed Bradley Smoker. Um, We don't want to burn the wood right down to an ash. We just want to burn it long enough to get the smoke flavor out of it and then dispose of the wood. Um, Saying that, we spent a lot of money and a lot of time developing Bradley Smoker. And when my dad wanted to retire and sell the plastic pipe business, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I didn't want to go with them and and go corporate. So I decided to relaunch Bradley Smoker and make it automatic and get it at price points that consumers can afford to buy it. And uh, so we did that. Dad and I did that um, back in 97, 98. And we've grown the business since then to what it is today. And um, I'm happy to see uh, a lot of people have understood and engaged in our principles of of food smoking and 
enjoy the food and their families are enjoying the food that they cook out of the Bradley smoker. Perfect. So can you, for someone who who hasn't seen a Bradley smoker before, can you kind of describe for me like what it is and how it works? Like how does it produce the smoke? Yep. Um, the unit looks like a bar fridge and, uh, it's funny because that's how we all started with, with food smokers back in the day. They used to be fridges and when they quit making things cold, we gutted them out and, uh, tweaked them up a little bit and turned them into smokers. Um, our unit has the smoke generator and it hangs off the side of the unit. Uh, you load it up with what we call Bradley flavor biscuits. It's basically wood that's very, 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 very lightly compressed together. Um, there is a colloid binder in it, and the wood is burned at a set temperature for a set period of time. And one biscuit will burn for 20 minutes, and then one behind will push it off into a pot of water and extinguish it. Uh, that is so important because if you let the wood burn right down to an ash, you put all the creosotes, tars, and resins, and carcinogens, and all the bad stuff into your food. That distorts the flavor of your food, and it's also not very good for you. We try to eliminate that as much as possible at Bradley. Um, the Bradley smoker will make, oh, about nine hours of smoke at a time without having to touch it or attend it. I'm not saying that you shouldn't. You should. You should always be looking at your food, opening the door, checking it out, making sure that uh, there's no uh, dry spots in the uh, in the smoker where smoke's not getting to or heat's not getting to. And if it is, and you got to rotate your racks and you got to check on your food and just make sure it's doing doing what it needs to do. You don't have to, at Bradley, you don't have to worry about opening the door to the smoker because it's always making smoke. So you open it up, you lose your smoke, no big deal. Close the door, it's back up and running again. Um, and that is important. The, the flavor in smoke is with the new smoke. So when you say, oh, I got to hang on to the smoke, I got to keep, you know, I can't let the smoker lose its smoke. That's false. I mean, you want to get rid of the old smoke as quickly as possible and get the flavor of the new on your food. And uh, we classify our smokers as a natural draft smoker, which means there's louvers through the generator that you can see on the side of it. And there's a top vent on top. They both must remain open. And you basically want a flow of, of air and smoke happening continuously through your smoking period, whether it's an hour or whether it's eight hours it doesn't matter. Um, depending on what you want to accomplish in the food, you know, ham needs a long period of time. Smoked salmon needs a long period of time. Uh, smoking and and that's basically the principles of good food smoking is uh, get rid of the old wood and on with the new wood and on with the new flavor. Yeah, so that's something that's probably, I don't know if you heard this saying before, but like a lot of people in the barbecue world would say like, if you're looking, you ain't cooking. <laughs> yeah um but i guess with this you you kind of have to worry about that so much because it's going to get back up to temperature pretty quick and the smoke's just going to be fresh and new again anyway so so you're not not really having that problem of looking and ink cooking oh yeah that's you know that's a good phrase and there's a lot of people that think you can just set you know i hear set it and forget it that's so wrong it isn't funny i mean uh, what kind of uh a cook is going to go on the golf course and expect his meal to be perfect every time. It just doesn't happen. Right? 
And, and that goes with barbecue. That goes with everything that has to do with cooking. And every chef will tell you, if you don't have eyes on your food, don't expect to get good results. So the, with the, um, the heat control part, it has like a heat element in the bottom? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, we separated the making of heat and the making of smoke with Bradley. Uh, there is a heating element on the back wall, and there's a, temp- a thermostat for controlling the temperature. Um, my wife's going to do ribs in the smoker this afternoon, and she's going to set the temperature at 180 degrees. And she's going to be smoking our ribs for probably about three hours. And then, you know, when I get home, I'm going to wrap them up in tin foil, turn the smoke generator off, but crank the heat in the smoker, put them back in there for a couple more hours and let them get to about 220. And, you know, it's uh, Wednesday night here. That's kind of our Wednesday barbecue meal. And, uh, but it seems to work. Things take a lot of time in a smoker. There's, you're not going to be rushing things. Uh, even if you're doing a reverse seared steak, which I also enjoy doing, where I season it up, I get it to room temperature, I pop it in the smoker for an hour, hour and a half, take it out. I mean, it's basically a raw piece of meat, and then I grill it like a normal steak, and wow, it's, it's awesome. But uh, again, you got to be there to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. I'm guessing because you the originally when you said you started this out it was all about uh, fish really because you were going fishing and then you were bringing back the fish to smoke so you must have you must do a lot of smoked salmon and stuff like that all the time and uh, you know my dad has a great recipe for smoked salmon it's on our website and uh, you know it's it's pretty easy to do it's seasoning it's a little bit of cure um, you know we use in the old days we used to use practice crack powder mixed with salt and sugar and we've combined crack powder and that's basically a sodium nitrate um and uh we've developed other recipes from there we do which known as uh, an indian candy which is basically a straight sugar brine so you put slices of salmon in in a real syrupy brine for up to 48 hours and then you dry it out in the smoker and Kids just go nuts over that kind of stuff. You can (laughs) you can spice it up with a little bit of pepper for the adults, but uh, you put a plate of that out after school, and the kids just hoover it. I mean, it's gone. And what a great protein for the kids! Yes, it's got sugar in it, big deal, but it's not straight sugar. It's also a good hit of protein for them as well. So, um, lots of that kind of stuff that we do in the smoker with with fish or prawns or oysters and things like that. Um, being on the West Coast, uh, you know, we have a buffet of different seafoods here that we can do. The other night we did, um, oh, it was spectacular. It was smoked black cod. So we we had the black cod. We lightly salted it. And we cold smoked it for about three hours. That was it. And then we left it overnight in the fridge, got home that evening, and uh, I poached it in a pan for no more than seven, eight minutes, and it just flaked apart. It was just stellar. And if you've never had black cod, go down to the fishmonger, get one, and give it a try. It is just an unbelievable treat for dinner. Is it a black flesh to the meat, or is it just called black cod? It's Well, the cod itself is kind of a long... It looks like any other cod, and I know yeah. you guys got cod in your part of the world, but... We call it black cod because it's black skinned. Okay. 
And it's not a pretty fish, but you know, <laughs> some of the best tasting fish are ugly, ugly fish. Yeah, I gotta but say, there's not many good looking fish, really, is there? <laughs> salmon. That's about the prettiest fish yeah. I know. <laughs> um, black cod, no, it's black. It's got a black skin, but it's a white, tender, flaky flesh. It's just if okay, forget black cod. Just go with <laughs> cod. I <gonna> love it. <laughs> so when it, when it comes to like curing fish, do you? Do you always just go for like kind of a basic cure or do you add different flavors in at the curing stage or do you just rely on different smokes to give you the different flavor profiles? I've even, yeah, no, I've done a lot of different cures and I've even done some whiskey cures where we take uh, Canadian whiskey. Have you ever had Canadian whiskey? Um, I've had quite a lot of whiskey, so I'm sure I have at some point. <laughs> Yeah, well, we'll get into that another day. Yeah, that's another podcast. <laughs> that's another podcast. Um, I've done cures where I've put Canadian whiskey in it and uh, basically a brine. Brine is uh, a liquid cure, if you will. Um, you've taken your salts and you've taken your nitrates and your sugars and you liquefy them, whether it's a heavy syrup or whether it's just light and you can't even see it. And you soak your meat into it. Um, ham is done both as a dry cure and as a brine, where you put it in a tub of, of cure, liquid cure, if you will, brine for up to a month even. Take it out, dry it, pop it in the smoker and cook it. Or you can dry rub it with cure and leave it for a very, very long period of time for the cure to penetrate all the way through the ham. Same thing with salmon. No different. But you got to know... Uh, what you're doing, you have to follow a recipe when you're dealing with cures and brines so that um, basically the nitrate has an opportunity to do what it does. And what nitrate does, and that's the principle behind a cure that's preserving, is it basically turns from sodium nitrite to sodium nitrate. And that chemical reaction is what kills any bacteria in the protein and cures your food. And when it turns to nitrate, that's salt. So it's a chemical reaction that over a period of time will happen and cure your food. When I do smoke salmon and I add cure to it, um, it's usually an overnight cure, 24 hours. And uh, I don't quite get it at refrigeration temperature. I like to leave it outdoors actually if I can get the temperature Oh, right around six degrees, if you will. That's perfect. Because I find the fridge is a little bit too cold for allowing the cure to react. It takes a long time in the refrigerator. Hmm. So there's that aspect of food smoking, too. And that goes into making sausages or hams or smoked salmons or a, a lot of stuff. And it's all part of barbecue, I guess. But And it's a lot of fun. But you do have to follow a recipe. You cannot use too much cure. Um, you know, there's only so much, depending on the blend and the mixture and the type of cure you use, you have to follow the recipe. So you don't use too much for the amount of protein you're trying to cure. You don't, you give it enough time to do its thing and uh, all that kind of stuff. It's not difficult. It's not rocket science. Yeah. It's easy. Like you say, it's not it's not difficult, but as you also stress, it is important. Like do do look it up, guys. And when you're when you're looking at these things, like, I I always check myself. Like I've I've done smoked salmon lots of times now, but I can't always remember the ratios of 
weight yep. to the amount of salt you need and stuff like that. So always look it up because it's best to be safe than sorry. <laughs> well, it's safe, definitely. But also you want your food to taste great at the end of the day. So there's always a little bit of room for experimentation in a recipe. Always, always. And I, I never follow a recipe 100%. I go, oh, wow, that might be better with three times as much garlic. And sometimes I pooch it and sometimes I have a winner. You never know. Yeah you try it but uh there's so many people doing their own sausages and their own hams and they're getting i i i think there's a tendency and it's a natural curve out there where people are tired of uh looking at a product in a in a in a store reading all the stuff that's in it and going why do i want to feed this to my family mm-hmm. you know there's stuff in this food that i can't even pronounce yeah <laughs> you know and, and, and you can go to your butcher shop, get a beautiful cut of meat. You can even watch it cut it. You can tell them how big you want, how much fat you want on it. You can do it yourself, and you're going to be blown away by the results, you know? Yeah, and, definitely. Uh, there's a lot of people doing that kind of thing these days, and I think it's great, especially the younger people are getting right into it. In Canada, um, I'm a big-time hunter, as you know. Uh, we like to go out every year and get a couple of deer or a moose or an elk or something like that. We call it fill in the freezer, and we share it amongst a number of families, and uh, that's all great. Same thing with fish. I mean, we go out and catch a boatload of fish, and you know, there's processing that has to be done and slicing and dicing and freezing, but uh, it's all good, and it's all stuff that we're doing ourselves. And so we know what's going into our, our families' mouths, and we know what the uh, ingredients are that are going into it. And uh, smoking is just one great aspect of that. So, so, let's, so let's go on to that, because I, lo- I love what you've told me before in the past about um, your hunting and how awesome the kind of area is that you've got around where you live. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that and tell me about all the different animals that are available to you and what, what have you tried? What have you tried that we might not have had before? Oh, uh, shoot. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I got a, I got a gal that's, uh, she's, uh, she's a pro staffer of mine and, uh, she's a big time hunter as well. And, uh, uh, she's getting into doing things like crocodiles and, and, uh, kangaroos and stuff like that more for giggles than anything else, but the stuff tastes great. You know, and I never thought I'd, it, I, I hate eating lizards. I mean, yuck, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, if you know what you're doing. They can taste great. I'm I'm more a, a meat and a fish kind of guy, and um, you know we do uh, uh, waterfowl hunting and pheasant hunting here as well. And you know those are delicate foods, and if you overhammer them, you're not going to enjoy it. So if I was going to do goose breast, we'll go out in the field, and I think in Alberta we're allowed like nine, ten Canadian geese per person. Well, you got six guys in a field hunting geese you could end up with 60 60 geese you know and these are 25 30 pound you're gonna have a heck of a lot of meat and there's a ton of stuff that you can do with it we've got guys that make sausages out of that for breakfast sausages and they add a little bit of pork fat to it and they smoke them up they are awesome Mm -hmm. or you can take the breasts and you put them in a light brine sugar and salt no cure and water or juice or something like that and uh, we smoke them for for about an hour or two, and then we put them on the grill. And you know, we never overcook our, our game meat. It's always on the 
probably closer to the raw side, to be honest with you. And uh, it's just an awesome meal, you know. And you can add a sauce to it if you like. Or what I like with goose is a chutney, uh, which is coming back strong. I love chutneys. And um, what's another one that we do? Game meat, well, moose and bear and deer. If it's over, if it's overcooked, I mean, it's it's your belt is going to be more tender than than the piece of meat, to be honest with you. <laughs> so the, the biggest trick is not overcooking it, and adding a little bit of smoke flavor to it is always always nice. Yeah, that's why I would say everything tastes better with smoke. <laughs> Well, yeah. Um, wild turkeys, we've done those. They're fun. They're fun to hunt, too. You just do some of the... You're sitting underneath a tree, and you're going cluck, 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 and you got scratchers, and they're just a hilarious animal to hunt. <laughs> one of my one of my favorite things to do of hunting turkey is you'll start clucking, and you'll hear calls in the bush, and you'll sneak up on them, and there'll be a half a dozen turkeys standing around in a field, and you run at them. You're screaming and yelling, and you chase them all away. And then you go get camouflaged up, and you put a decoy out, and they all come back. <laughs> and then you pick one for dinner. <laughs> it's hilarious, but a lot of fun. Yeah. You, you mentioned, just quietly brushed over it, but you said bear in there. And I was, I was listening, I can't remember if I was listening, I was reading something about the other day about eating bear. And I think there is like, there's parasites and stuff in, I don't know if it's in every type of bear, but certainly in some sorts of bear. So you do have to be very careful when you cook in bear, I think. Yeah, you do. Um, what it is, it's called trichinosis. And it's in it's in pigs as well. It's in anything that'll eat a, a variety of foods, whether it's rotten flesh or berries or any, you know, garbage is the worst thing for that. And, if, uh, you know, if you're hunting bear and there's a garbage site within 10 miles, chances are he's been into the garbage. But if you go in the northern BC where there's nobody and nothing, you know, there's not very much of a chance that he's a garbage bear and the meat's relatively good. Um, to kill trichinosis, the best thing is heat, no question about it. Freezing to minus 30 kills it. Um, but you can send in. What we do is uh, we send in a sample of uh, the protein, basically a sliver of his tongue and a sliver of the hindquarter into uh, uh, University of British Columbia, and they'll test it for trick, and it'll come back positive or negative. Um, in the pork business, every pig is tested for trichinosis before it goes to the market, every single one. I don't know about in the United Kingdom, but certainly in Canada, that still happens today. Wow, yeah. I'm pretty sure they do that in, in UK as well. Yeah, I'd have thought so. Yeah, so, yeah. and, you know, pork, same thing. You got to cook it well, right? Mm. Yeah, definitely. So what? You don't have to hammer it like my grandmother used to do. You certainly don't have to do that, but you don't have to, you don't have to overcook it. And mm. if, if we're, and I've... I've harvested a lot of black bear and we've eaten a lot of black bear and it is delicious. They have a ham on them just like porks. So you can, you could take the, uh, a bear ham and hang it and cure it and dry it and then cook it like a, a Christmas pork ham. And it is lovely. It is really, really good. If it's a good bear, you know, relatively young bear and he's been chowing down on berries all summer long and he's getting ready for his long nap. Man, that's that's just the die for. That is a really good 
that's good food. What, really would, good what food. would you what would you compare it to if you haven't had bear before? What would you say it was like? Pork. Yeah. It is, pork is it? looks weird. Yeah. Is it, yeah, it does it look like pork in the texture and stuff? No, it's more a red meat. Yeah. It's not a it's it's not necessarily a white meat, it is red. Um, it's lean. And and when we butcher, we cut the majority of the fat portions away. So you just and we butcher out all the silver skin when we're doing game meat as well. So and um, yeah, you got you got some good steaks there along the back straps. Um, you got ribs that you can boil. They're nice. Um, I love the hamburger from from Bear, and I do things like stroganoff with it, and uh, you know a lot of pasta dishes with it. It's quite nice. German people, they they still come over to Canada all the time, and they want a bear. You know, they know what they're doing with those things. Yeah, <laughs> well, definitely. So I need to try at some point. Don't think I'll find many around here, though. <laughs> I would say my favorite game meat to eat, and I don't get enough of it. Is elk? It's just uh, you've got uh, red stag in in Europe. Yeah. Okay, that's very similar to a Canadian elk. Not as big, but just as tasty. So, if you can get a hold of some of that, you're doing good. Yeah. Cool. Right, so let's just get back to Bradley Smoker a little bit then. So, we've. So you, can you just talk me through like the kind of different options and different setups that are available to you? Because I know there's a few different products in the range now. We have, uh, we have four models on the market presently. We have our, our original smoker that we put out 20 years ago, and it's still doing strong. It's basically an analog machine. It's got a thermometer in the door and a thermostat dial, and you kind of got to adjust and try to get the temperature you want. So it's trial and error. And the thing is about food smoking is it's all dependent upon your ambient air temperature. It's not like you're cooking in your house where it's 70 degrees. You're cooking outside. It could be 40 degrees one day. Heck, it could change 20 degrees over the course of a day. So you got to be cognizant of the fact that, that the smoker is drawing in ambient air temperature. You're mixing it with some heat, so you're going to have to adjust your temperatures and uh, work with it. The other thing that really affects a food smoker and also a barbecue is humidity and nobody talks about that enough as well that can either make or break a lot of meals depending on what the humidity is in the ambient air um, our other our next model up from that is a digital smoker and you basically set that the temperature and you set the time that you want it to smoke and you set the time you want it to cook like an oven and uh, it works like hell to maintain those levels so if you say I want to cook at 200 degrees, and I want it to make. I want to cook for 200 at 200 degrees or 220 degrees for, say, three hours. But I want to make smoke for six hours. You can program it, and it'll do that. And there's some recipes that you call for that you want it to do that for. Other times you want it to smoke first, so you don't even turn the oven on. You give it two hours of cold smoke, and then you turn the oven on, and uh, away you go with that just depending on what flavors you want to do and what your family and yourself likes and enjoys. Some people like a harsher smoke. Some people like it very, very mild. I know 
Uh, most of the women in my life, they like the smoke flavor, but they do not want it strong. They just want a, you know, just a nice little smattering of smoke with their meal, and they love it. Some guys, they like like the heavy smoke flavors. And you can get a heavy smoke flavor um, by changing the type of woods you use. You can go with a mesquite or a hickory wood, which I find to be a very strong smoke flavor, or a milder one like alder and maple. Um, poultry, it's a delicate flavored product, uh, especially when you get into the game pro poultries like pheasants and quails and grouse and, you know, that kind of stuff. You're going to want to stick to a cherry or an applewood or something like that. And it's just a nice, mild blend of smoke. And same thing if you're doing vegetables, things like um, tomatoes. Uh, we like to smoke a bunch of tomatoes when we get them out of the garden. Uh, we turn them into pasta sauce afterwards, and we have a, a beautiful pasta sauce with smoked tomatoes. Onions, same thing again. You can cut an onion in a half and cut it so it kind of looks like a flower on top. Pop that in the smoker for three or four hours and have the most amazing onion soup or additives to other foods that you can possibly imagine. One area that I'm so surprised about with customers, especially in the United States, is they smoke a ton of cheese. And cheese in the United States is about half the price as it is in Canada. I have no idea what cheese is in the United Kingdom, but it's expensive in Canada. But in the United States, they smoke a ton of cheese, and they just chow it down. They love it. Well, there's so many things that you can do with, with, with a food smoker, really. And uh, I know you guys are all about barbecue, but... And I might have gone on and on about some other stuff that I shouldn't have, but uh, there's a lot of <laughs> smoking for sure. No, we're, we're, we are about barbecue, but we're also just about cooking and the just whole alfresco living, really. And the, we, we use the Bradley here for smoking cheese and smoking fish, and I actually used it to smoke the hops and the wheat that went into our smoked beer that we did a collaboration with a local brewery to produce, so... We used the Bradley smoker with the cherry biscuits to create the smoked hops and smoked wheat. Well, you guys started all that and the smoked whiskeys and the smoked wheats back a long time ago when that was the only way you can preserve your, uh, your hops and your wheats and your barleys. Back in the day, that's, uh, you guys used to use so anything to dry your, your, um, your grains out because you didn't have grain dryers and natural gas and it, you didn't if, if if you were making beer or bread in in january february or march everything came out smoked flavored everything yeah. well yeah so that's that's on you guys that's on uh on on the united kingdom and places yeah. like that <laughs> before we had north america <laughs> well, it's kind of gone away again a bit now but since since i've since we did it last year i've seen a few more smoky beers kind of creeping up they they're often more of a kind of dark stout type beer that's the smoky flavors but we went for like the ipa style because we're we're into yeah. that kind of brighter and fresher feeling yeah there you go and i'm I'm getting into ciders as well and trying to figure out how to put a, a smoke blend in that um when i did when i did some smoked beer i didn't smoke the hops I only smoked the barley, mm. and, and we added a little bit of hops, and it was more of a lager, but it was it's good stuff. I should try and send you some. 
Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, love to try it. I'll do exchange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it well, cost, we'll it cost me about. How's that? Yeah, I mean, it cost me about fifteen pounds to sh- send the bottles inside the UK. So it's going to cost oh. quite a bit to ship it over to you. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'll sneak a couple bottles in my luggage next time I come over. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like I said, we, especially like as we're approaching kind of this time of year now in the UK, already the summers kind of we've waved goodbye to that and everyone's now all talking about cold smoking so now kind of is the time where the bradley for me comes into its real own like i do use it for hot smoking as well but for me I, the amount of space that it's got in it i have the one with seven shelves in it so and whenever i want to kind of get it going i don't want to waste all those empty shelves so i load it up with get quite a lot of cheese on each shelf in one of those so you can do a hell of a lot in one go and i think that's probably why it's so popular over here with like the catering industry as well lots of restaurants are using them now as well and lots of people like producing things like chipotle and stuff like that they'll kind of use it as almost like a dehydrator and smoker in one yeah yeah well this is the time of year when uh we start doing bulk foods. We're on the same latitude as you guys. Almost, I, I think you guys are 48. We're 49 parallel here. And uh, the only difference between us and you is night and day. Um, our temperatures are relatively the same as yours. Our humidity is relatively the same as yours. So this time of year, yes, this is this is harvest time and preserving time. We're doing a lot of jerkies. We're doing a lot of Indian candies and... Uh, getting ready for colder fall weathers and in the fall the air the air is drier there's not as much humidity and that is a big secret to food smoking is is you got to try to if you're doing sausages you want humidity if you're trying to dry and preserve food you want to do as little as possible and cooler temperatures are better and yeah i i really like the fall too for cooking especially outdoors definitely yeah so, so what's next for Bradley Smokers? Have you got anything that's new upcoming that you can let us know about? I can't. You guys, spread too <laughs> this is a podcast. I mean, I can't tell you our secrets, but uh, yeah, stay tuned. We got some new uh, biscuit flavors that we're introducing. We've been doing some blends where we're taking herbs and spices and seasonings and adding them to certain types of uh, of woods. We even have a beer one where we're adding hops and it's awesome. So I don't know if you've seen those yet in UK. They're kind of new, but we're just launching them. We also have a new smoker, very high tech machine, more commercial that we're going to introduce next year. Um, what else can I tell you? We've gone into the um, uh, Bluetooth age. So we got smokers now that uh, you can control with your phone or at least see what they're doing. Uh, for those of you that don't want to put a park on and go check your smoker out in the <laughs> middle of winter, it's awesome. Or if you don't want to miss that goal and you can't just drag your eyes away from the TV for five minutes to check on your food. So we've kind of entered that realm as well. Um, and But no, we're going to stick to what we know best. Uh, we know food smoking and uh, we like to we like to think we, we build a premier product and we love the culture of food smoking. We're not trying to do it all, you know, um, 
our products are food smokers. That's what we do. And uh, we're not trying to say, hey, our machine will do everything because I don't think any one machine can do anything, any one thing well. Mm-hmm. So um, we're all about food smoking. We, we, we have some guidelines and some rules to food smoking, and we're not going to change that. We're going to continue doing what we think is best and, and make the best tasting smoked food that we can. And you, like you said there, you've, the amount of different blends and different types of wood that you do in the biscuit is is crazy, really. It's probably like the most out of any brand out there. There isn't any other brands that produce as many different flavors of woods and options to give your customers to be able to cook with. Well, that's the secret. It's options. And, uh, you know, there's there's a number of set recipes and there's a number of set rules. The biggest primary rule is control your smoke. You know, don't let it burn down to an ash. And uh, from there, you can go in any different direction. You can change flavors up. You can try different things. Um, you know, I had, God, what did I have? I had some of the, the most fantastic bacon the other day. And what the guy did is, he rolled cranberries into the bacon and he mashed it up with cranberries. That's the sugar part of the cure. And then he put pepper on it. And uh, I tell you, it's, it was the best bacon I've ever tasted. It was smoked for about three hours and cold smoke. And we cooked it up in a frying pan like normal. So, wow. You know, and who would have thought cranberries with, with bacon? You know, yeah. But it was, it was great. Just great. Sounds lush. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Well, well, thanks for taking some time to speak to me today, Wade. It's been awesome catching up with you again. Um, do you want to just tell everyone before you go like where they can find you on social media and on the internet? Yeah, um, we have, uh, oh, what is it? We've got a Bradley Smoker fan club. Um, it's not operated by us at all. It's our fans here in North America and the United Kingdom that offer tips and advice on food smoking. That's one of my favorite places to go. Uh, we have our own website, bradleysmoker.com, and I know that our people at Graca have their website. I think it's bradleysmoker.uk, if I'm not sure. But yeah, you can look us up online and uh, get us on Facebook. And we're learning about the social media. To be honest with you, I'm uh, I'm I'm uh, trying very hard at figuring out social media and the pros and the cons and the rules of it. So. I might call on you for a little bit of help in that regard. No worries. Cool. Well, (laughs) thanks again, mate, and I'd like to speak to you again soon. Cheers. You take care. And you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. You're listening to United Q Podcast. We're brought to you by ProQ, Barbecue Gourmet, Kamado Joe, and Smoke with Shack, our awesome sponsors. ProQ provide quality smoking products with top-notch service and free advice for beginners to pitmasters. And you can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under ProQ Smokers. Barbecue Gourmet, supplying the UK and Europe with top championship winning rubs, sauces, marinades, and accessories from the US and around the world. You can find them on Twitter and online under Barbecue Gourmet. Kamado Joe is renowned for build quality and innovation. From smoking, roasting, or searing, get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Check out kamadojoe.co.uk plus Facebook and Twitter.
Smokewood Shack delivers quality smoking wood every time. They provide the smoky goodness, you provide the talent. Whether it's smoking wood chunks, dust, chips or planks, you can find them at smokewoodshack.com. And you can find them on Twitter at Smokewood Shack. 